1: That bass crashes in, you know it's time to begin. And wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC. Especially if you are one of our geeks in sneaks, using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. Maybe you're doing dishes. Maybe you're doing the laundry. Maybe you're on a walk. Maybe you're in traffic. Whatever the case We're going to be with you in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week, delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free. Thanks to our sponsors this week, Native and DoorDash. They're bringing the show to you, DLC of course the show. All about games. And there are many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I am your host, Jeff Kanata. that's spelled with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy who dances like everyone is watching. Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian.
0: Hello. I do. It's like, I can't dance unless all eyes are on me. And it's like, <laughs> you know. All eyes
1: on me. <laughs> all eyes on me right that's your song that's your that, jam that I, especially your when jam. i'm dancing yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey um we got a big show we're gonna talk uh Vigie games there's some interesting news games we're, t- we're talking about but before we do i, I want to just say thank you to everybody that sent us feedback about last week a very different kind of episode last week uh and You all were so overwhelmingly supportive of us talking about some very difficult issues, both at the beginning of the show and at the end of the show. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful for this audience. I'm grateful for the support that you guys and gals send to us every week. I got lots of stuff on Twitter. We got tons of emails. Uh, And almost all of them were very supportive. There were some. uh, And the rest were about
0: how I still don't know PC building. (laughs) Yes, right.
1: Very (laughs) hot takes about your uh, lack of knowledge. No, but uh, interestingly, we talked, uh, we were talking about uh, violent video games and guns and video games specifically in in the aftermath of yet another series of horrible shootings here in the United States and um you know i came to the show with a very heavy heart as did all of us uh last week and it it persists you know this is not something that just goes away a week later but uh, i found it very interesting that the vast majority of the supportive emails we got the vast almost all of them came from listeners outside the us i don't know what to make of that but i thought it was interesting and i thought it was worth mentioning we got Many, many, many emails, and the vast majority came from Australia, Canada, Scotland, the UK. Um, Patrick Beja, our frequent guest, uh, sent a very, very lovely email. Uh, Lots of people talking about uh, how they feel about the United States uh, from outside the United States. And I thought that was very interesting, uh, and I appreciate it. It's good to have perspective from those who aren't living inside this country because I think we get a little myopic here about that. Um, But anyway, I want to just take a second at the top of the show to say thank you to all of you who took a moment to say that you were open to being a little more introspective sometimes and taking a hard look and asking tough questions uh, about our hobby. So thank you all. All right. Uh, We're going to have a fun episode this week, (laughs) hopefully, Uh, and we have an awesome guest to do it with. Uh, You know that DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian, but this week I'm so excited because DLC stands for dial in your label on consoles because from Gamer Tag Radio, we have Paris Lilly joining us for the first time. Hello, Paris.
2: Hey, how you doing? And thank you so much for inviting me on the show. This is quite the honor. I'm I'm very happy to be here today.
1: Oh my gosh, it's it's our honor as well. It's a long time in coming. We've uh, met and talked several times at, at events over the years, and uh, it took too long to make this happen. But I'm so pleased to have
2: you. Yeah, this this is great. Let's let's talk some video games. It should be fun. All
1: right, let's jump right in and start the show the way we always do with story of the week. Story of the week. It's the story of the week. Story of the Week Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happened in the world of games this week. And you can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com or by visiting our subreddit. That's 5x5dlc.reddit.com. Great community over there. I urge you to check it out and become a part of it. But Paris, you are our guest,
2: so you get first pick of stories. What
1: would you consider to be your story
2: of the week? I want to talk about this No Man's Sky, uh, the the new, um, I guess, expansion update that's coming out for it. Yeah, because I've okay, I've never played No Man's Sky. Um, oh, I've obviously I've been aware of it since way back when when Jeff Keighley had the reveal when he was doing whatever version of you know the the Game Awards at that time. And it's always been a game I've been interested about, but obviously we know the issues that it had when it launched, and it didn't live up to expectations. I know they've done a lot of improvements over Wait, time. Wait, it launched? I thought No Man's
0: Sky <laughs> was that game. It, was, it had been an early access for three years, and now it's coming out, and we're all excited about it. Christian's <laughs> still on
1: his starting planet, so...
2: <laughs> Well, well, be be as that may, but uh, yeah, beyond. I guess that's what they're calling this now, right? No man's sky beyond this this yes. new expansion. Was it? Is it coming the fourteenth? So I guess next week is when it's yeah, out. next
1: week. And it is uh yet another giant free update to the game that is going to add a whole bunch of new functionality, including VR support, which I am so excited about.
0: Why, uh, Jeff? Why VR particularly?
1: Uh, why VR? Am I excited about? Well, we'll get get to that. We'll get to that (laughs) later. Uh, But uh, that's just the the beginning of what Beyond uh, brings to the game. It really transforms No Man's Sky into an MMO. (laughs) It's crazy. This is the game that launched back in 2016 with the idea that, yeah, everybody's in a shared universe, but it's so big and vast that you'll never bump into each other. And that's the way we want it, said Hello Games. Uh, and, you know, we want this to be a solitary, lonely experience. And then a bunch of people tried to force the game to find each other and be in the same place at the same time. And the game wouldn't let them. And they're like, oh, you lied to us. We're not in the same shared universe after all. Yada, yada, yada. Then over the, the following several years of updates, they made the game more in line with uh, a shared experience in fact the game has has allowed four players to interact with each other uh, for quite a while now since uh, one of the other previous big updates but now beyond is going to allow 32 player missions parties of 32 players and they're adding a hub world called nexus which is going to work a lot like destiny's hub world does where you can teleport there from any place in the in the massive uh, procedural universe and back to where you were. So if you're on this lonely if christian, if you're on your starting planet and you're making your starting planet exactly how you want it to be, you can teleport to the hub world, hang out with groups of giant groups of people, show off your cool loot and your upgrades and all their cool stuff and strut around like a peacock and then come back to your lonely home world and stay there and never venture out in the galaxy at all or explore anything. (laughs) Or, or, or you can invite people back to your home home world and show them all the cool upgrades and buildings and stuff that you've found there and built there. So this really becomes this shared universe experience that is still infinitely expandable and procedural and has, you know, all this, this vastness that is what, no man's sky launched with but allows you to bring people to places show off stuff um it's also got planets that are being transformed into specific social spaces sounding more and more like what they describe in ready player one uh there's going to be a a planet that's built to work sort of like rocket league with ball and vehicles
0: there's like full electricity and logic based uh um, calculations, I'm going to get the words wrong, but, like, m- m- it's I mean, it's weird, right? Before, the game was huge in its uh, incredibly expansive universe, but now the game is huge, right? <laughs> right? In terms of, it like, seems that way. everything it can do. And this is on top of all the other, or, like, the, at least two other large free updates where it's, like, you know, the, the flora and fauna are more representative of what people were expecting back when the first trailer kind of came out, and you mentioned this to me uh, earlier in the week. It's like the default position now is third person. Um, you can still play first person if you want, but
1: you can mount animals in the beyond update. You can get animal mounts, uh, which sounds amazing. Uh, they're, they're talking about this being a, a full 2.0 style version of this game. It's, 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 it's almost like a sequel. Um, uh, Sean Murray said that uh, the game has always been about a lot of planets and uh there just wasn't enough to do. He said, it doesn't hold the same thrill for me uh, after so many hours of entertainment, but this new edition, no man's sky 2.0 is full of new possibilities. There's been a real concerted effort. He says from us to bring the universe a bit closer together. This keeps the game fresh. People who are playing with a friend play uh, for way longer and enjoy it more. So Paris, I want to ask you as somebody who has never played this game, this is a a really, I love, I love, that we get your perspective on this because does this, let me frame it this way. We've talked about this, this game on the show for three years off and on. And many times when we've brought it up, there's been sort of a stink of yeah, but on it, yeah, but it doesn't feel like a new game. It feels like it doesn't get a second chance to make a first impression but maybe on you, it does it gets a first chance to make a first impression. It, are you interested in this? Does this feel like a new game release or does it does it come with a lot of baggage of your previously held impressions of, of what people thought about this game?
2: Yeah, and, and that's kind of the beauty of this, the fact that I did not play it. Sure.'ve I've seen and read what everyone has been saying over the years about the game, but when I saw this update, this checked a lot of boxes for the kind of games that i like to play as soon as i saw the 32 player support and obviously a lot of the co-op activities that you're going to be able to do i go wait a minute i think i need to play no man's sky i think i want to jump in and actually try this out because to me this gets closer to that original vision of what they were promoting you know when the game you know initially launched so it's almost a thing of, yeah, maybe it was kind of in early access and I just waited until till the final 1.0 product is coming out. So absolutely. You're the smart one. Yeah, <laughs> not all the time. But uh, <laughs> but I, I think what I've seen from from this and, and I've actually seen Sean Murray just just tweeting up a storm here the last few days like i i I fully admit it's got it's piqued my interest now i want to get hands-on with this i want to play it i want to deep dive into it and explore and the more people that are out there playing obviously it sounds like the better that the game is going to be and i think that's the potential that it it can finally realize you know what the vision of this game should be now so absolutely i'm going to check it out
1: it's got this really wonderful uh perfect storm of coming at a time when there's not a lot of other big releases hitting uh and it it, this trailer that they released for beyond really well done very evocative Mm -hmm. and it looks great my question to you christian is uh now that this game is in vr and looks as good as it is i haven't played this update yet obviously but just so i know can a game that was released in 2016 be my game of the year in 2019? Just just asking, asking for for a friend.
0: In my personal opinion, 100% yes. I think it was for last year's favorite of the year kind of pretext. Maybe when I was still doing at least 20 more minutes. Like the the thing that I came to for myself is yes, it, you know, however you want to define it. Like it, this is as big as um, a lot of games that come out, you know, that that are in that conversation. And I totally think that large updates, patches, expansions can be can make games up for consideration for game of the year, like in the, the quote, unquote, official term, will it hit in every publication style thing? I don't know, probably not. But, you know, the same way that I think Fortnite, when it was an early access or PUBG in early access could have been up for Consideration for game of the year. I think a huge update like this that adds so much to the game and is kind of a relaunch of what this game is 100%. Will it be your favorite game of the year? I still think Star Wars is going to um, cut some holes in your list and move to the top, but <laughs> <laughs> um, 100% yes, it, it can be. And I think it should be considered.
1: I am so excited about this. As I mentioned on the show a couple of weeks ago, I bought it again on PC during the steam summer sale because it was heavily discounted. And I knew that this update was coming. So I bought it again because I played I've only ever played it on PlayStation four and I didn't want to play it on PlayStation VR. I wanted to play it on good PC VR, uh, especially because as I'll talk about later, as Christian hinted uh, my valve index arrived. So I'm very, very excited, but um, I'm, I am, it's super weird how uninterested in this game I have been and now what a pendulum swing I, my emotions <laughs> have gone into. I am so excited for this. I think being able to interact with other players is is really a benefit. It is really a huge thing to feel like, "Oh, all of this discovery and work and you know, time that you put into something" can yield results in that I can show it off to somebody. I can be like, Oh, Hey, look, Oh, you've got that. I've got this. I'm super excited about that. I think the game ultimately looks so much more interesting. There's farming coming into this thing. You can like have animals and farm them for materials and build all kinds of other cool things. And there's, quests the, the the that quest that nexus hub will have npcs walking around to give out quests to do things like it's an mmo now it's a it's the space mmo that i was hoping it kind of was when it launched and now it seems like this game really is becoming that and it it took three years but kudos to these guys at, and gals at hello games this team you know sean murray tweeted out this week that it was eight years ago today that I wrote the first code for what would become No Man's Sky. They weathered that storm of that uh, the, the up-and-down roller coaster of getting all the crazy hype and, oh my gosh, your game is the second coming, and then the crash of that wave onto the beach and the letdown that everybody felt about, oh, it's not everything we've ever wanted, and, oh, you you miss represented it and how dare you and they weathered all of that and they just stuck with this game and worked on it and worked on it and improved it and have put out all of these things for free which is another reason that I really wanted to buy the game a second time because I want to reward that kind of commitment and effort it just feels it feels like this the story of this game has done a 180 in a way that almost nothing ever gets a chance to you know you get you get this, the narrative of something written in such a way where people have made up their mind. I don't know.
0: I, I think traditionally, yeah, like – longer ago, yes, but I think we're seeing more and more examples of of games getting second chances. One... Do
1: you think uh, Fallout 76 is going to, like, in three years it's gonna be, mean, gonna like, is going to be amazing!
0: In one yeah. year, it is. I mean, they're all, half of Bethesda's press conference this year was thanks to our community. We're yeah. listening to you. We have Battle Royale. We introduced all this stuff. They're still working on it. The biggest I mean, example is Elder Fortnite. Elder Scrolls
1: Online is that, too. Elder Scrolls Online did exactly that, too. Yeah. It, it released to very negative feelings, yeah. and then it, it's now one of the most enduring uh, mmos out there
0: yeah so elder scrolls potentially fallout 76 Fortnite just being uh, right. against the world and um warframe which we've talked about a bunch on this game and i'm still i don't walking. think
1: warframe was there anything negative about it when it,
0: it was up. very middling okay I and mean, it was like this there's stuff here but it, it was as i recall like more cumbersome to get into and it wasn't what it kind of came to be in terms of Adding this narrative arc, even God, it's probably two years ago now that first kind of big update they gave to that game. Um, I had another one too. Well, I,
2: I could I interject a- and say, Yes, please. Y- you could argue that Destiny has done it twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so true. Yeah. And, and we're yeah, even seeing a, a more point. recent example right now, which th- they got an update that just came out. Uh, Anthem is going to be another one that's going to attempt to do this as well.
1: And yeah. I'm rooting for that game. I want Anthem to be what it is. You're right. You guys are right that uh, maybe this isn't such a unique uh, situation. And it is kind of great that we're living, you know, this is the upside to games as service yes. and, and all of that stuff that uh, these games can endure and teams can continue to improve them and feedback while sometimes vitriolic and, uh, hard to watch sometimes you know as that as that explosion recedes and and time passes and these teams can actually improve the games but you know i guess the the question you have to ask and the question we have asked many times is then why did they come out in the state they came out you know it's it's a weird thing to have these games improved in real time in public as an active product instead of I don't know if that's better I don't know it it makes me feel good looking at these success stories but I think a lot of people would say well then they shouldn't have been released yet why did we have to pay for them in their unfinished state
2: Oh, I'm I'm with you on that. And actually another one, which I think is the poster child of this, would be Rainbow Six, because that game mm, has yeah. completely transformed itself in being one of the top esports out there. But I agree with you in the sense that why are we getting these unfinished products at launch? And is that pressure coming from the publisher? Because you know you got to meet the quarterly deadline for whatever financial reasons and they're rushing the game out. Like again, like we bring up Anthem, it is crystal clear that game had no business coming out when it did. It needed at least mm-hmm. six more months in the oven, if not another year, right? But they put it out anyways, yeah. and here we are. So hopefully, the lessons are starting to be learned right now that I'd re- what, what, what does Miyamoto say? A a uh, a delayed... I, I'm going to screw it up, but he's basically saying that a, a, a game that's rushed is forever bad or something like that, whatever the, yeah, however the saying yeah. it goes. But... I really I truly hope we start to get away from that. And I get the minor bug here, the minor bug there. But when you're missing entire features of a game that was promised, you know, leading up to his launch, that's a problem. And hopefully, you know, we're going to start getting away from that now because because as consumers, we got to vote with our wallet. If we're not buying these games and these publishers are getting diminishing returns on their investment, maybe they'll slow down and stop pushing these things out. You know, just to meet a deadline that it has to come out this holiday or it has to come out, you know, quarter one of 2020 or whatever the case may be. But I would rather a game get delayed indefinitely if by the time it comes out, it's going to be right. Because, I mean, where we are right now is just unacceptable.
1: Well, I suspect actually the opposite is true. (laughs) I think we're just going to all understand that there's an early accessification of the entire industry that we're just all in early access all the time. And that games are, games are a weird, unique product that evolves after it's out in the wild. And there isn't very many other things like that. I mean, I guess you could maybe say a TV show that goes from season to season evolves out in the wild as well, but there are very few media products that can continue to change in and grow after they after you buy them. <laughs> but but video games are like that, and maybe, maybe it is a negative thing, but I'm I'm kind of blinded by the silver lining right now because I'm so excited for No Man's Sky. I really am. Yeah, cool. Uh all right, well let's uh let's move on. Christian Spicer, what is your story of the week? Yeah, I'm
0: gonna bundle these as a twofer. There's been some this isn't Ninja moving to Mixer, but and more streaming streaming wars. Um is that gonna be Blake's next book uh like I do feel like there's a business case of whatever this stuff ends up being um 30 years from now like the battleground for s- live streaming mm-hmm. um as that war battle heats up there are two little stories here that we can kind of dive into I think would be fun one um discord go live is coming out August 15th you know it's kind of allowing micro streaming but I have to imagine it's kind of what we talked about about games coming out in early access i have to imagine it's the it's starting small ending big i got i feel like this isn't the end game um but it's just you hit a button uh and you can stream the game to your discord server and right now i think it's up to 10 friends um it's all browser based it's just you know click and go trying to take down that barrier of entry of streaming and along those same lines uh twitch has finally released its own broadcasting software which i believe is called twitch studio yes. yeah twitch yep. studio And right now it's only in beta. I have not, I don't think any of us have played with it yet, but it is also their offering of getting you streaming. um, You know, the goal, they say, is not necessarily to compete with OBS or um, any of the other software solutions or requirements, I guess, that are required for streaming right now. Um, But they want it to bring in new streamers and to, again, lower that barrier of entry to get started streaming. And so they've kind of tried to not hide things but simplify the process of like your bitrate or your layout or this that and the other and just kind of make it easier for everyone to to stream And I find it fascinating the other piece I'll add to this puzzle that I'd love uh, both of your takes on is twitch is you know the thousand pound gorilla it is the juggernaut of the streaming wars right now and it still it does it blows my mind that in order to do it, You have and consoles simplify it a little bit, but it requires a little bit of tech savvy. It's not, you know, the joke when I was growing up was like having teaching your parents to program the VCR or whatever. And like Twitch's software, stream key setup, bit rates, mic inputs, cameras, and it's huge. So I can only imagine how big it's going to get. Um, when someone truly nails this, be it caffeine, uh, discord, Twitch mixer, this like, just do it. It's simple, easy, but also customizable and it looks cool. So Paris, I'm curious to get your thoughts. Uh, we'll start with discord go. Do you think this is going to stay? a small kind of niche thing for you and your discord server or is this discord you
2: know drawing the line in the sand and entering this oh fight? this is a hundred percent of them drawing a line in the sand i mean they're starting small with huge aspirations in my opinion and and to be honest this is the right approach because like you said twitch is the thousand pound gorilla in the room you're not going to compete with that mixer just had to give ninja 50 million to try and compete <laughs> so instead of doing that start small do it You know, sample size within communities, let people start getting used to, oh, this is how the stream thing works. This is cool. This is cool. And then you start branching it out from there to the point where you no longer need a Twitch or a mixer to bring bring in your entire audience to watch you stream. And now it all goes through Hmm. Discord. It's like a one stop shop to be able to do everything. So absolutely. I, I think we'll look up a year or two from now and go, oh, wow. Remember that Discord? mini thing with now it's a full-blown platform i i truly think that's going to happen let me ask you guys this though before that happens do you think this
1: feature is interesting i'm kind of baffled by it i mean i i get both of your takes on it being a baby step towards something larger but is the baby step worthwhile do you think there are people who want to stream their games to 10 friends i think so i I do i I I think so as well that's such an interesting well, so it's, thing.
0: It's I think Jeff. It's the I mean, when I stream, I am not streaming to a large amount of people. I don't stream regularly, but I do have a good group of friends that, and I I enjoy watching, you know, some popular streamers, but also just some friends stream. And if my my friends and I have a discord chat, if I can't play, you know, if I'm away from my computer, but if I'm at work and I could second, second stream experience and I see one of my people on dad squad is streaming for a little while. Yeah. I think that's super cool. I think that's where this small thing works. It's like, here, it's you and your buddies. It's your text group. It's your small micro community um and a lot of people stream to nobody you know and so the availability to create these groups where you can stream to your friends or your your hyper specific community I, I do think that's desirable for people
2: oh no no i was just going to say i completely agree with you because i'm just taking myself as an example our our discord community i could easily see us setting up hey we're going to i don't know as an example we're, we're going to do a raid or whatever in destiny right and hey, come, come join and watch, watch us while we do a raid. And maybe we don't want to broadcast it out to Twitch. Hmm. I do it right there in the community. I do the at everyone. All of a sudden, all 800 of our members are alerted and they can come watch us or, or sample size of them can come watch us if they choose. I, I think it would be a neat feature to promote within the communities of, of Discord um, hmm. versus trying to feel like you have to compete on the bigger platforms of Twitch or Mixer. And like I said, to me, it's going to get people that aren't comfortable streaming to at least give it a try. And then who knows from there, maybe they like what they do and they build upon that and they, they go from there.
1: Yeah, I guess, I guess I see it. I I have had a hard time understanding this before talking to you guys and you guys have clarified it a bit for me, but I guess I, I contextualized it in my head as buddies sitting around watching someone play which when i was growing up it just that was the worst i just wanted the controller in my hand i was waiting (laughs) sitting on the couch waiting till i could get the turn it was you know life or level and now we were just sitting around waiting hoping that you would get a chance to to get a get a turn um and streaming to anybody feels like a different endeavor where you're you know you're having this audience large or small, but it is uh, anybody who can pop on and, and participate in a different kind of way. It just felt weird saying, Hey, if you've got a few friends that want to watch you play a game now they can. I was just like, I don't understand going Hey Christian, you want to watch me play my video game? I mean, honestly,
0: yeah, I would, depending on what you're playing, you know?
1: I I guess so. I guess it's no real difference than streaming broadly. I just had a it had felt had a weird distinction in my head that didn't add up, but I guess I guess it does add up.
0: Well, my question for you, Jeff, then that I, I do want to get your take on before Paris or I uh, color or poison your well potentially. <laughs> <laughs> do you think with Twitch introducing its own broadcasting software, Twitch Studio? Do you think this is like uh, you know can XSplit, Streamlabs, OBS? Do they see? Uh, a brick wall at the end of their tunnel they should yeah
1: they better uh this this is a a tale as old as tech a tale as old as tech anytime you build your business on someone else's business you are at their mercy but games have done so well on facebook right this is building games on facebook this is uh I mean, there's a million examples of, hey, I made a thing because this service doesn't have that feature. Uh, look at all the money I'm making. Oh, really? Now that service has that feature. Oh, I'm going away. I mean, this is- this, Well, it,
0: I wonder if there's enough of the customization, like Twitch, I, I think there will well, still that's be- what a market- they have to
1: hope for. They have to hope right. for, they have to, now you become a, a Twitter app. Right. Huh. Which is our feature set has to outpace the actual Twitter app feature set.
0: That's a great point. Or
1: we're useless. So, so yeah, I mean, I don't think that their days are over, but their days are numbered. I would think unless, unless, and honestly, I'm shocked that Twitch took this long to do this. It is shocking to me. I mean, it's one of the reasons that I've enjoyed caffeine as much as I have. Yeah. The service is because it's one click and you go. I Very I'm, simple so lazy when it comes to this stuff. I just Agreed. don't want to hassle with it. I, you know, if I, if I want to get on and play a video game and, and then I go, well, I'll stream it. I don't want to hassle with anything. And Twitch, I cannot believe... I'm shocked. As you said, Christian, there has been a, an impediment to doing that. It hasn't seemed to stop Twitch, but I'm still shocked that Twitch went, eh, who cares? People figure it out. Uh, we don't need to do it. We'll let other, these other third parties, you know make it wasn't and it wasn't
0: even we'll let other third parties right paris it was like we need third parties to do this because we don't exist without it
1: It, it's a weird thing that it took this long but i think this was a no-brainer on their part and if it is anywhere near simple to do as it should be as i hope it is i think it that obs and xsplit and all those other third parties should be worried. Um, because they don't, I mean, it's again, tail as old as tech. You don't have direct access to the API. So you're at a disadvantage. Huh. Twitch knows their API. They know their their platform and they can make the best version of this because they're building on their own platform and they have direct access to the inner workings of that platform. So this should be the very best version of it at you know at some point it should iterate up to being the best pretty fast that's what i would hope for and expect so yeah mm-hmm. i think
0: paris do you think this is one step towards even broader ambitions for twitch internalizing their stuff is this kind of their trojan horse where oh it's so easy to do and then they kind of just keep fortifying fortifying uh it seems weird nice. us. Uh, solidifying their fortress their walled garden to kind of make it you know if you want to be on twitch you got to do twitch everything or is this just trying to make it simpler for everybody
2: okay let me answer it this way do you like conspiracies i love them (laughs) you should have seen where my mind went after i read the news this morning (laughs) so here's my conspiracy theory on this i think it is very essential that twitch take this step like you like you were just talking about before to get the third parties out of the equation, make this the software eventually so easy to use. it's almost like a click of the button if you want to stream using twitch, right So now we don't have to worry about OBS slobs, none of that. But I think my conspiracy is they're taking the step now because I think a year from now we're going to be talking about Microsoft mixer and whatever this next Xbox is going to be. I think they're going to build a solution that, maybe you create everything on your pc but you're going to send it to your console so it's already all built in you just turn on your console hmm. you stream you got your overlays everything ready to go that's it my it looks good
0: versus yeah. like garbage the the yeah. twitch you know, yeah. Xbox or PlayStation kind of integration it, right now.
2: Exactly. So it's like you have the full streaming experience and you no longer need your PC to do it. You can do it from anywhere your console is plugged in. That's my yeah. wacky conspiracy. And if they're not thinking of that now, I want full credit for it and please pay me royalties because that's I think <laughs> that's where they should go. Uh, make Paris,
0: sense. That's, not how this, that's not how this works. I'm
2: sorry. Have <laughs>
1: uh, you met Microsoft? Um, <laughs> let me ask you this question.
2: How, did, how do they solve the camera problem? Well, remember, you can plug a camera into the Xbox right now.
1: I know, but the, I think, generally speaking, the reason uh, streaming like this works on PCs is because how we sit in relation to our PCs. I think most people's console is in some weird spot. Their camera, does it's, it's hard to... I don't know. I just feel like no, that is... No, no, ends- I, I hear you. Oh. Yeah, I
2: hear you. It, it, obviously, that's going to be the one issue, but it, it, again... I just think Microsoft, they're they're clearly committed to Mixer at at this point, right? I mean, they're throwing so much money at it. So their thing is going to be how many people can we actively get using it and watching content on here? Obviously, Ninja is the first play into that. I think the next one is just ease of use and with a new console coming to build it right into the console and make it just as professional looking as if you did it on a PC seems to be the logical thing. From my point of view, if I was running Microsoft, that's what I would probably try to do. So a long-winded way to say this is why I think Twitch is making their own software because I think they know eventually they're going to have to compete with Mixer on some level when it comes to that.
0: Jeff, to your point about the camera, like what if the next Xbox like, every console was bundled with like a camera smart oh, speaker oh that no. was always <laughs> on
1: <laughs> smart speaker and you could talk to it oh, and man. it would like could
0: track you would like zoom you around the room like if you're on Skype for example another Microsoft product and like it connected you to the
1: console. You know, you would have to. It would have to be always connected to the internet in order for that to make any sense at all.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I, I think I think maybe five years ago we wouldn't have been ready for that, but I think
1: <laughs> uh, you don't think so.
2: <laughs> uh, can, can 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 I say something on that real quick? Because cause we, we joke about that all the time. Twenty thirteen, the messaging was an absolute disaster, as as we can all agree. But you know what? If you really look at what they were trying to do, and I, I will contend this to this very day, I liked a lot of it. I said that at the time. I said that at the time.
1: I was, I was. I was yelling from the mountaintops and people were like, Jeff, you're anti-consumer. How dare you? And I was like, no, you don't see the long game here. They just put out – they put out the very first Xbox with no 56K modem in it and everybody said the exact same thing. And they went, no, we have to have broadband. And everybody went, oh, you're anti-consumer. All I live in dial-up. And they went, no. And they stuck to their guns and guess what? The world changed.
0: You're, and- you're dumb, Jeff.
1: And I have the Google Home and Echo Show to prove it. I do not want. <laughs> I said that at the time and, and I got so much hate mail. Nobody remembers that. <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. <funny. laughs> Let me ask you this question, guys. When everyone is a creator and there's no audience, what happens?
0: You stream on <laughs> Discord to 10 people.
1: No, I mean, <laughs> literally every human being on the planet is a creator. Is there going to be like an audience crisis? <laughs> There's there not enough people watching because everybody's making. I don't know.
0: I mean, I think we're already to some extent to take this question. I'm not sure if it's a joke or not. Seriously. I I think to some extent we're already there and I think it is I, I, we're reacting to it, but I think it is problematic for society as a large at large where everything is, you know, me. Here's my Insta. Let me take up my picture in front of this because I got to share this with my audience and we, we do less living and more. Creating, And as an artist who spends a lot of time creating, I understand like the there's uh, creating is incredible. But uh, yes, yes, I do think it's problematic, Jeff. I do. And it it makes a me first um, society. And it adds to one upping and gamesmanship that I think goes to dangerous places to attract an audience because uh, so many of us, despite our interconnected nature of the Internet, feel more alone today than we've ever felt. And yes, short answer, yes.
1: So it, 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 w- it was a joke question. <laughs> I know. But, no, I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> but kidding. welcome no, to real, my darkness. It's <laughs> a real question. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'd love uh, an uh, enterprising <laughs> audience <laughs> member to go back and cut out some of my uh, talk from 2013 about the, uh, the Connect. And uh, I'd love to hear it back because I think I was right. Anyway, um, this has been a a fun episode already, and I haven't even gotten to my story of the week, which is another big, big story, Uh, but I want to thank our first sponsor before we do that uh, because we got two new sponsors this week, including Native. Now, we talk about being a geek in sneaks, which is great, and we actually had a very powerful email about that last week to end the show about how important it is to exercise, and we believe in it here on DLC about getting out in the world, putting on some sneakers and just, uh, you know, walking, running, exercising, getting on a bike, getting in a pool, swimming. But while we encourage everybody to be a geek in sneaks, we do not want you to be a geek who stinks <laughs> because sometimes that can happen. And our sponsor Native is here to help because Native is a deodorant brand that. Is actually made with some really good stuff. Smells good and has over 5 star reviews from their customers. This is this is a thing that will make you not be a geek who stinks.
0: Dude, can I tell uh, you how good I smell right now? Do you, do you did you get yours? Uh, cucumber mint. I haven't gotten mine yet. Oh, so it says you know fourteen days to you know to transition from one to the other. I'm on uh, whatever this is halfway through day one. I smell so good. I don't want to say really? don't try the other fragrances, but cucumber mint. Holy!
1: Really? Oh, I'm yes. so excited to smell you when it's, I see you next. Yes, please do. Please uh, do. Seriously, I got coconut and vanilla, which is their most popular scent, uh, okay. and I'm excited. I'm excited. It has not arrived yet. I was. I'm so bummed. But uh, you're you're all up in that cucumber mint. Yeah, I mean, good. I,
0: you can. Uh, my arms are up. I'm doing great.
1: They also have lavender and rose, eucalyptus and mint, and they also have. Special uh, limited edition seasonal scents throughout the year. Pretty cool. Uh, they have, offer an unscented formula and a bacon soda free formula for people with those sensitive sensitivities. Uh, people love, love native. Um, they've been on the Today Show, Women's Health, uh, L, Good Morning America, Pop Sugar, all these places talking about them. Uh, they have no animal testing. They are filled with ingredients that are found in nature. Uh, they do not have aluminum uh, aluminum in them which is uh, actually harder to find than you can than you might expect and that's important they say less is more with native uh, they have fewer simpler ingredients so that you know everything that's in your deodorant uh, aluminum is actually linked uh, to some serious health ramifications and uh, although native is priced at a slight premium when compared to conventional deodorants it's safe and effective plus there's no risk to try it they offer free returns and exchanges anywhere in the united states uh, and if you subscribe you save 17 which is two dollars per stick and native is conveniently delivered to your door every one two three or four months whatever you prefer so try this uh, smell like christian and eventually me hopefully soon me we're gonna hook you up with a deal here if you're 20 off your first purchase visit native deodorant.com and use promo code DLC during checkout. That's nativedeodorant.com n a t i v e d e o d o r a n t.com use promo code DLC during checkout and you'll get 20% off your first purchase. Smell good, don't be a geek who stinks. Native. All right, my story of the week is actually a huge story. This is this is a big one. Uh, that has been developing over the week um, first Sony, Microsoft and Nintendo announced they were going to enact a new policy requiring developers on their platform. So this is all of the major platform holders uniting and saying the developers on our platforms must disclose the odds of paid loot boxes. So if you're buying something in a game on a Sony, Microsoft or Nintendo platform, and you don't know what you're buying, if it's a mystery box of some kind, you must know the odds of getting the thing. Now, the details of that are a little vague. I don't know if you're actually going to see an odd, an odds uh, disclosure, uh, below the box or at the says, time of purchase. Not good. <laughs> yeah, it just says, uh, yeah, good luck. No, nope. um, but but evidently by the end of 2020 developers must disclose information on the rarity or probability of obtaining random items in loot boxes. Uh, And then Epic Games also came out and said they were going to adopt a similar policy. In fact, earlier this year, the uh, Save the World uh, Fortnite expansion um, made a change that showed players every item they would get in a paid llama before opening it. So, They're bringing that change to uh, Psyonix, which is the developer that Epic acquired that makes Rocket League. Uh, And every game that Epic publishes will have that as well. No word whether they will enforce it in the Epic Games store, but publishers like Activision Blizzard, Bandai Namco, Bethesda, Bungie, Electronic Arts, Warner Brothers, Ubisoft, Wizards of the Coast, all of them are going to take part in this because Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo have teamed up to do it. So Paris, I want to ask you about this. Not often we see all three of the major platform holders unite and do one thing. Here they are. Uh, Clearly, this is in response to pending litigation, Mm -hmm. pending um, legislation that may require it anyway. But do you think this is a good thing? And what do you expect it will result in?
2: Like like you said, this is happening because of the pending legislation that's about to go down, but I'm glad to see that so many are unified and they're doing this. This is the right thing to do. I mean, from my point of view, this is a form of gambling. I mean, I'm old, so I'm I'm wise enough to realize if I do purchase a loot box, what my odds potentially could be. But there's a lot of younger gamers out there that don't realize this and they throw a lot of money at this stuff and they're not understanding the fact of, of what they're doing. So now that it, they're documenting what the odds potentially could be, maybe we'll see more people t- have an educated take on this as far as should I buy a loot box should I you know invest in this in this particular game when it comes to that stuff me personally I don't think I've ever bought a loot box ever I just don't do it if I can't earn it in the game I I typically just I I don't care about it but I understand obviously this is huge business and a lot of people do but I'm glad to see that they're now going to, like I said, educate people more on exactly what they're doing. It's absolutely the right thing. And what do I think this will mean long term? I just I honestly I think we're going to start seeing less loot boxes. That's what I think. Yeah.
1: I think you're right about that. I, I hope this is the beginning of the end. Although, you know, there's something charming about uh you know buying a pack of cards or 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 whatnot. But um I think ultimately you're right. I think this is the beginning of the end for for randomized loot in in games. Uh, But Christian, as a current active lawyer, uh, let me ask you this question. Uh, Do you think uh, what bothers me about this is how unspecific we are about how this messaging is going to play out on these platforms? Do you think this will be the kind of thing that's going to be buried in a EULA somewhere like, oh, by the way, the odds of getting stuff is really minuscule, but don't read this fine print? Or do you think this will actually be effective and displayed in a, in a way that informs people at time of purchase
0: uh no <laughs> um, there if there is a loophole loophole will be found and this is big business for many big businesses and if they find that disclosing this stuff front and center um you know hurts their business they will try to you know bury it or put it away in a way that is you more aesthetically pleasing to the consumer and, and I think this, the same way euLA's are today you know you mentioned whether or not'd be buried in a, a EULA I don't know where it will live and I'd, I don't expect these platform holders to necessarily say where it needs to live um, but sometimes you need to have information out there but it's you you don't like where where's the warning, you know, on your mattress or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Like, and some of them are silly, but they need to be there because of lawsuits or, you know, some industry regulation, and they are important. But they've also we've also internalized them. And it's like, yeah, 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 I know, I'm gonna do this Netflix thing, I got to click accept three times, I, you don't read any of it, because whatever, and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think that's the approach that this stuff will take but the positive of it is that while the actual odds and however this is implemented um, may be buried the fact that we are talking about it now and it will continue to be talked about that's how it the this idea is hitting the gamers consciousness right is this when it launches when it comes out the fact that it is disclosed somewhere uh, someone on the internet will pull that up. You will see stories of it again and again. I th- I imagine companies will get caught with their hand in the cookie jar, where they disclose odds, and then somewhere or someone, you know, they they release a new pack that doesn't follow it. I think there's going to be some growing pains with this stuff, and I think you're going to see some consumer watchdog groups making sure that the companies are being fair and ethical when they disclose these odds, and that the packs actually live up to them because digital goods are different than physical goods. And these odds I have to imagine can change very easily and very quickly, just like the content can. Right. Um, So I don't think this is the cure for, you know, the, the, the loop box, a loop box ales um, that are everywhere. But I do think it's a good step in terms of um, putting it, getting that information out there and being more transparent towards consumers. But if it can be buried, it will be buried uh, as deeply and, and, and uh, far away from anything the average consumer would see as possible in my not
1: currently a lawyer opinion. Well, I hope, I, I hope that we're wrong about that. I, I It would be nice to see it at the time of purchase as you hover over the box. I mean, it seems like what Epic, I, I don't, play a lot of Fortnite, so let me
0: let me do this sorry to interject this already largely exists on apple and google play stores have right you seen it at i play right. a decent amount of mobile games you don't see it that's right
1: but maybe this will be implemented differently one maybe. hopes i mean it sounds like 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 i said i don't play a lot of Fortnite, so i haven't seen this but it sounds like uh the co- cooperative component of Fortnite save the world w- which is not the part of Fortnite that everyone plays. Right. Uh, I said expansion, it's not expansion. It's more of a you know, it's the section of the game that was what it launched with, which is the wave shooter that you can where you can buy llamas. Uh and it, it it sounds like what they did with the purchasable llamas is here's what's inside them. That would be great. Uh if it if it actually worked out that way on in a lot of games. I don't know if there will be a consistent enforcement And who is enforcing it and how it's enforced, all that is not specified in any of this news story. So who knows? All right, well, let's move on and talk about the games that we have been playing in a segment we like to call the playlist. Paris, what games have you been playing this week?
2: You know, I've been playing a lot of Mario Maker 2. Um, mm. That That game and just some of the insane levels that the community has been making has been fantastic. If I could tell one story real quick, there was a, a level Greatest. that I was playing on the plane. And it was, I was going from Dallas to Louisville. So it was only, you know, our flight or whatever. I think I said every curse word in the book that entire hour <laughs> to get to Louisville because I could not get past this one part on the level. But that frustration is also the fun of why I like Mario Maker 2. Because, yeah, you can have your casual levels and you can just have these insane challenges that are on there. And it's like that you just have that urge just pushing you on to like i gotta get past it i gotta get past it and then you have that sense of satisfaction once you do so been playing did you uh yeah i did but not on that <laughs> plane i sure did <laughs> um,
1: so so are you one of these sadomasochistic mario maker players where you're look you're looking to get beat up you're looking for that extreme challenge or did just you fall into those
2: <laughs> yeah i think i think i just fall into it i, I i'm one of those will like someone might tweet it at me or something like oh you should check out this level okay all right this is fun. <laughs> oh my god you know and then it's like wait i have to pass it now i can't not pass it um so yeah i mean like i said i've been playing that another game that i've really gotten back into and i've kind of mentioned a little bit along the way is uh destiny 2 mm-hmm. um I've, I've been a big destiny player just since day one and just been on that entire roller coaster the entire time. I purposely took a break for a while um, earlier this year. I was like playing a division two and some other things and I came back to it recently. And like, like you say, just what I've been playing this week, I've just been chasing a lot of the uh, new content, you know, that they put out here over the past few months. And it's been a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really anticipating uh, the new uh, shadow keep uh, expansion that'll come out uh, in October now. And I, I think Destiny is just one of those games that I'm just always going to play. Um, I, yeah. I, just, I, I just love that that whole looter, looter shooter genre and Bungie's the best at, 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 at making sh- shooting mechanics. So um, it's just a game I adore. And I, I would just say finally, so I don't get too long winded here. Another game that I think I'll always play in some form is going to be The Witcher 3. Hmm. Um, I, I always tend to come back to it and I always tend to find something new every time and that game's been out now what four years something crazy like that i love that i mean we talk a lot on this show about
1: uh games you're married to you know uh our forever games and destiny 2 is one that comes up a lot a lot of people obviously game designed to be that which are three not really a game designed to be that it has a beginning middle and end it's a long game it's a deep game it's a game with lots to do but i find it so interesting that it can be your forever game. What do you do? You start it again, or Are you jumping back into unfinished quests? How how do you make it a forever game?
2: It's it's a combination of both both things of what you just said. I have officially four clears complete from start to finish, wow. starting over all the DLC, um, and then I have like certain I call them scenario saves where I'll go back in and I'll just make a different choice. And it takes That's me down cool. uh, another rabbit hole that I did not expect. Or I've I've had things where I've chased to try to be the Gwent Grand Champion in the game, <laughs> which I've not done because I'll be on a CD Projekt Red cheats. It, the game cheats. You just, you can't. But uh, it's it's fun. It for me, it's fun. I just love that world. To to me, I I call The Witcher Three the best game of this generation. You know, wow. obviously it's subjective, but for me, it is. And I obviously look at what what's coming next year from them with Cyberpunk and it just has me over the moon excited because I think for me that is the gold standard for open world RPGs and what they were able to accomplish because I think the big thing about The Witcher 3 is is choice that you could make a simple choice that all right i'm doing this and you don't see the ramifications for it to like 30 hours later in the game You're like oh my god i didn't realize because i helped that guy it now doomed this other person to this fate or whatever the case mm. may be you know what i mean so yeah that's why i love that game and that's why i keep going back to it because I, I, like i said I, I swear i find something new every time every time i play it
1: so cool man are you excited about the tv show
2: yeah i i wasn't at first um those, those early test sh- shots of henry Cavill, I like Ooh, yeah. i don't know about this but that trailer they showed at uh comic-con kind of won me over i mean it's not going to be a direct uh translation from the games or taking it from the books but i saw enough there that got me excited to say okay let's see what they're going to do with this this definitely has potential to be something good
1: man i love hearing you talk about that game that's so great i i, I... Uh, adore that game as well but i'm i'm not in i'm not in your league Uh, that is four clears that is that's hardcore i love it
0: can i borrow one of them and just say that i finally beat it Um.
1: (laughs) sure i'll
0: send you the file
1: (laughs) awesome um cool uh christian spicer what about you what's on your playlist
0: i think this is the first week in a very long time jeff that i don't have anything new and i'm not embarrassed by it but i was shocked when i sat down that i i don't think i've touched anything new since last week's show. I am still working my way through Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 on Switch, and I am still working my way through Wolfenstein Youngblood on New PC.
2: New PC.
0: I will start with Marvel Ultimate Alliance. It's a little update. Still love the game, still very high on it. The more I play it though, the deeper I get into it, the more the less I want to play it in long stretches. Uh, Another way to say that is the more the cracks show. Uh, the camera gets frustrating or a boss is just, it's just like be one thing or the other, either make me care about this ISO gem upgrade path where it's like how I spec out my characters actually matters, or just let it be a glorified clicker game, right? Where I'm just like punch, 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 don't do anything. And it, it kind of waffles. It's more just a clicker puncher, you know, doesn't require active thought in how you, plan your team or your skill management um but there's like a little bit of it and it's annoying enough to be like either do it or don't (laughs) so i'm still very high on the game but i tend to play in like 30 minute pickup and plays versus before i could kind of really get sucked into it um and then wolfenstein youngblood my update on that is um I don't want it to end. And so I'm doing all of the side missions. I'm really enjoying my time in the world. I will have to say after someone, I think it was Twitter, maybe an email kind of called me out on it. And you are correct. Um, I wish I had it in front of me. Um, It is definitely the game where if I cared about the narrative, I would be complaining about it because it is that fallout style. Like you got to go save your son. Or go work at this gas station for twelve years. Um, it's like, as advertised in the marketing, it's like go find your dad. And then you're like, yeah, we're gonna go find him. And then they're like, but look at all these side missions. And I, my dad's so dead, right? Like, <laughs> I've been, I've been working <laughs> Sorry, for these. Dad. Yeah, I've been working for these resistance fighters for years now. Um, my, Bj's twin daughters are now both forty-two. They have kids of their own. Um, not really, but I'm spending so much time in the game that. Yes, if I actually cared about the narrative, it would frustrate me. But I just enjoy the arcane level design and finding my new ways through those um,
1: shared spaces. So those are those updates. Very cool, man. Um, I'm glad you're, uh, you're still digging on it. It's no big deal to be digging on the same things week to week. That's, that's great. Yeah. Uh, I, there was some news this week that made me squee with excitement. And that is a game I talked about maybe a year ago, more, probably 18 months ago. At least a maybe? year or more ago. Ah, uh, Children of Morta is a game I, um, I got uh, early code for quite a long time ago. And it is getting a full release. It is coming out September 3rd, I believe, which is day before I, I leave on vacation. Um, so,
0: uh, If only but- it were coming out in a way you could take it with you.
1: I don't think it comes out on... It's not Switch day and date year. on Switch? Oh. I don't think so. I don't think it's day and date on any of the consoles. I should look that up right now. Dang it. But, I saw that um,
0: announcement and that was awesome.
1: Yeah. This is a game I absolutely adored and has uh, had, hadn't had played in a long time. And I went, oh my God, I'm so excited for September 3rd. I'm so excited. Wait a minute. I have it. I can <laughs> play it right now. So uh, so I, I went and played it and that's i rediscovered how much i love it and like i said it has been uh, l- at least a year since i've played it so I, when i l- turned it on it went your save is corrupt you must start over and i went okay i don't care all right let's do it I, I know i put a ton of hours into this thing and unlocked a whole bunch of things but i was like i'm ready to start over and probably the game has gotten a lot of updates since then i think it has i don't exactly remember how it starts but i think it has a completely new beginning now um and the the, i know maybe people remember me talking about this a year 18 months ago whatever it was but i'm going to do the spiel again because you need to be excited about this game coming out september 3rd uh this is straight up a contender for game of the year for me if it plays if the final release plays like the one I have on my hard drive right now, I honestly don't know how much of an update it's going to have uh, on release day. If it is going to be a different build Uh, as I play this one in the upper left, it says beta build and then a bunch of numbers. So I don't know. Console
0: is October.
1: Sorry, just to interject. Yeah. Yeah, I read that too. It's a bummer, right? Anyway, (laughs) this game is basically like if uh, Diablo and a roguelike had a baby. Uh, It is very Diablo-esque. You're going down into uh, dungeons and you are – it's basically a twin-stick shooter kind of deal, but different different characters. There's this family that um, goes down in these dungeons, and you can play various members of the family. You unlock new members over time by finding them and finding more about their stories, and each one plays very, very differently. It's like each member of the family is a different class. Uh, And then you level up those characters independently as well. So you have to play the characters to level them up. But then there are also power-ups that you can buy. If you delve deep in the dungeon, you get these cool orbs that kind of randomly pop out from enemies or you find them in chests. And those orbs in the context of the dungeon itself can be traded in at these little nodes for cash And then the cash persists through death. So the orbs you lose if you die. So it's a bit of a risk reward in a roguelike kind of way to uh, hold on to these orbs and then cash them in at the, at the nodes uh, and get the cash. And then you can spend the cash on upgrades that affect the entire family, like giving your entire family more health or more damage or even more specific kinds of uh, bonuses. Um, And then you also get really cool roguelike style, Upgrades, you know, very dead cells y in the sense that you are uh, finding something that will, you know, give you more movement speed at the cost of not having a dash or uh, more, you know, a lot more damage at the cost of, uh, you know, your your attack landing with less force or, you know, these cool trade offs that happen. Uh, You also get really awesome special attacks that you can do, magic and such. And you upgrade each character, and they have skill trees as well. So it's very Diablo-like. It's very roguelike-like. But most of all, it is simply the best-looking pixel art game I have ever seen. And that's saying something, because I've played a lot of great-looking pixel art games, including Dead Cells. This is stunning. Stunning to look at. It is absolutely beautiful, detailed. The animation is gorgeous. They, they use wonderful zoom ins and zoom outs that really highlight the beauty of the pixel art. Awesome. And it's got that kind of gameplay loop that I find very addictive of push your luck. How far can I go? Oh, I died, but in death, I'm able to make my next run better. And, um, you know, the, things ramp up, more enemies coming at you, specialized enemy that are going to drop a cool thing. So I could go through this door and get out alive, or I could stay here and fight that cool enemy because I think it's going to drop something. Oh, it killed me. God, I lost all my orbs. You know, that fun gameplay loop. that fun? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, you know, I find that very compelling.
0: No, it is. And
1: um, He's like, you know, when you, you
0: when you try to do something and then you mess up, you know, that it's that kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it, it's... This is an awesome awesome game that doesn't really do anything differently than a lot of other games it just does it more beautifully and really tight. It's very effective at what it does and it and it well I guess that's not true. It does do some things differently. It actually tells a a really beautiful story in a very beautiful way. You also unlock these little vignettes that are played out in pixel art with really cool voiceover narration of the family. You find out the interpersonal relationship of this family, of all the different members of the family. It's this big house that all the family lives in and you can, um, you can peek in on them. And every time you die, there's like a new little vignette that plays that tells you more of the story of this family. And there's some simple, beautiful things. Like one of the first ones is that you can click on this, the, the matriarch, or I guess it's not the matriarch, it's the one of the women in the family who's pregnant and she goes out and she sets down this bowl outside and all these woodland creatures run up and eat from the bowl. And this narrator's like, and she saw that they were outside. And it's, it's just, it's just lovely. It's, it it adds uh, a depth and a commitment to the characters that you don't find a lot. I mean, you don't find that in dead cells, for example. Um, so I, I just, I'm over the moon for children of Morta. I've been excited about it coming out for a long, long time. And I played a ton of it a year ago. And then I was like, I'm going to wait till this game actually comes out because, you know, what if, I don't know, what if they updated and my save gets corrupted? And then of course that's exactly what happened. Um, so now I'm, I'm back in it. I don't know if uh, the actual release date update will change the game again and my save game will be corrupted again. But I am back into this thing loving Children of Morta, which should be on everybody's radar, I think. If you like these kinds of games, that is. All right. Uh right, let's thank our next sponsor, which is another new sponsor, but it's one I bet you've heard of, DoorDash. We're we're in the 21st century, everybody. We're in the 21st century. That means food will come to you. How many times have you been playing a video game or watching a movie or whatever, and you're like, oh, I got a rumblies in my tumblies. Ah, so I'm loving this moment. I don't want to leave this awesome game. My all my squad mates are counting on me. What do I do? Well, I guess I can order pizza, and then you order pizza for the billionth time. No longer, the shackles to pizza are off because now DoorDash has your back. Uh, yes, there are there's pizza on DoorDash, but there are also Over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities. So expand your mind beyond pizza. Get food delivered to you. Do not leave. Do not stop doing the thing you want to be doing. Get food delivered to you. Don't worry about dinner. Use DoorDash. And right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code D-L-C. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code D-L-C. Don't forget, promo code D-L-C gets you 5 bucks off your first order from DoorDash. So give it a shot. Unshackle yourself from the thing that has been traditionally delivered to you. Now everything gets delivered to you. Food from anywhere. Food from restaurants you like. Food from places like... Cheesecake Factory, Chick-fil-A, Chipotle. These are, uh, national restaurants that they have listed here. But there's, like, awesome restaurants all in your area. Even, I'm sure, um, you know, not national chains, like actual mom and pop places. Do that. All right. Well, I got to talk a little VR. Uh, I know Paris that you said you have, you have
2: not experienced VR at all. Is that correct? No. Uh, other than a couple demos here and there, like uh, Minecraft, uh, no VR for me.
0: Well, Jeff is getting in his car and yeah, coming try to, to try you. To He's to in to route. Route. <laughs> I'm
2: on my way. Um, Can I explain why? Can I explain why? Yes, please do. Please do, do, do. Okay. My, my philosophy on VR has been this, that, I'm waiting on the 2.0 product. I feel like right now we're still in such early days that we're, we've still not. And, and please educate me if I'm, I'm incorrect on this. We've not seen a fully fleshed out VR experience that I can go into and play a game from start to finish that feels like a complete actual game or experience or social thing or something of that nature the technology is is getting there i just don't think it's a hundred percent there yet that's why i've held off not getting you know into oculus or getting into playstation vr i feel like in the next couple years there's going to be a 2.0 product of this that is going to truly realize what vr should be so that that's why i've held off and and no one is yet to convince me to jump in now so you could be the first well, I sort of take that as a challenge. I think I think
1: that 2.0 is here. I think this is what, what we're experiencing in the last couple of months here is 2.0. I think Oculus Quest is 2.0. I think Oculus Quest is um, that experience that because it's untethered, because it's instant and easy and uh, all of the kind of uh, mishigas of, of getting into vr has been removed i think that might be the thing that could convince you um it is uh it's quite something to just put on a headset i've done this with really the only reason i have on the oculus quest at this point is to convert people um and i'll explain why in a second but it's so great to be able to have uh, this portable thing that doesn't require tethering into anything that you can just put on someone's face and It it doesn't feel as bad as some of the other ones where it doesn't cover your ears. It still has good audio, but it doesn't cover your ears. You just wear a pair of goggles. You put a couple of things in their hands, and now they're in another place and able to play these really awesome games in any space, at any time, super quick to set up. So I think that is the 2.0 experience, in my opinion. Um, But I also got another 2.0 experience (laughs) this week, which is why I want to talk VR. And that's the Vive Index. That's a 2.0 experience on the other end of the spectrum, which is still tethered, still requires external sensors, but is 2.0 because of how much better it is than the first generation of headsets, just from a fidelity point of view. And I am truly blown away by it. I'm, I can't even express how much better it is than Vive. It is in a completely different league than the Vive,
0: and you're using your Vive wand still. Too, you're talking about just no. the headset, or did you get Knuckles?
1: I got the controllers. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay, okay. So, what? In in which ways is it like? Let's separate headset from Knuckles because I know they're selling it as you don't need Knuckles. Like Knuckles are great, but you know you can you can patch this together, right?
1: Right. So it. I did not get the new sensors. There are new sensors that are supposed to be better, but I can't imagine. You'd notice in my small space, I can't imagine you'd notice any upgrade in the sensors. And I already had the sensors mounted on the walls for my Vive. So it was a really beautifully simple moment of me just plugging in the new headset. Steam VR remembered my sensors, remembered my room scale. I didn't have to do anything. I just used the new headset and new controllers. The only thing I had to do was have it register my new controllers and then download an update. Uh, because an update had populated before, I, you know, I turned it on very simple setup, which was really nice. I mean, obviously I'd gone through the complex part of the setup the first time I installed the Vive sensors, but I just appreciated the fact that it was, it was simple for me. Um, but yes, the headset itself is a massive upgrade from both the Oculus Rift and the Vive, which are both what i have obviously a huge upgrade from quest but i put quest in a completely different category cuz its benefits are are different right it's, we're not comparing apples to apples here so th- there is a tighter higher resolution denser pixel denser pixels on the uh, actual screens that you're looking at through the lenses and one of the things that has always been a complaint for vr users including myself is the little bit of screen dooring you see because your face is pressed up so closely to the screens and the resolution has been relatively low. You see the distance between pixels. And so you see the sort of screen door effect where things are a bit pixelated when you look at them uh, through the, the headset. That is almost completely gone. I still see it a teensy bit in the index, but it is almost completely gone. There's also a slightly wider field of view and I'm convinced that field of view is the next frontier for VR. As field of view improves, that is going to be a dramatic feeling of immersion where you will not see any edges at all to your view. Even this small improvement in field of view is dramatic to me. I am amazed at how big a deal it feels in the headset to just have slightly more peripheral vision taken up by the virtual world. It's, it's impressive. And the headset is way more comfortable. I mean, light years, more comfortable than Vive just it's like,
0: which was the worst in my opinion. It was
1: the worst. Yes, by far. I mean, I think you, you remember Christian, how much I purchased to attempt to improve the comfort. <laughs> I was buying welder mask harnesses <laughs> and counterweights. And I built, I built a, uh, I bought a, a lamp from eBay that I, you know, strung the cord through. So it wouldn't weigh down my, the back of my neck because the lamp like had this cool arcing mount. So I took the lamp off of it and strung the, it was craziness. I'm a crazy person. Um, this is, is way more comfortable than any headset I've worn so far. Uh, and I don't really know why it just, it just fits better. Um, and I'm wearing it with glasses most of the time too, which is crazy. I think I might invest in some of those, uh, VR lenses that you can put in the prescription lenses that you can pop, pop in. There's like 60 bucks. Um, anyway, I mean, what's 60 bucks at this point? (laughs) so bad. I'm so bad. Uh, Yeah. Pot committed, uh, throw bad money after good. Um, it it is, it is much more comfortable. It is, it is much more comfortable. And I find myself not fatigued. My my face doesn't feel heavy. I'm not fatigued after long stretches in, in the headset. Um, and it just, everything looks way better. There's a much higher refresh rate on the screen. So it, it goes up to 144 Hertz. I'm playing, almost everything at 120 hertz. Um, So instead of 90 frames per second in each eye, which is what they consider sort of best practices for VR, I'm at 120 frames per second per eye. And that smoothness is dramatic and appreciated. I mean, you have to have a pretty beefy rig to push it, but I do. Um, And I have yet to try the 144 hertz, which is supported by the uh index because a lot of people online are talking about how you don't it doesn't it just la- lags your computer even even beefy computers are having a hard time so I'm not going to even push it cuz it's so much better already so it, it it just everything looks great uh I popped back into Skyrim VR which I think you remember me describing as looking like a butt like someone's butt <laughs> uh and it looks way better it doesn't it doesn't have a blurriness it 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 is crisp and yeah it's this textures are still low res but now i'm like oh i'm going to download all the mods i'm going to try to play skyrim vr the way some people have described with all these crazy mods on i'm so excited to do that and get this christian i tried revive for the first time which i hadn't even exp- experimented with because i'd had an oculus and um, I'd spent so much time in the Oculus game store. Most of my VR games are purchased through that. Uh, I revive is this free third party app that actually has been endorsed by the, by Oculus that allows you to play Oculus game store games in a, in steam VR. And it works great. It's so simple. You install it, and it just adds a tab on Steam VR that says Revive. And when you click on that tab, it just shows all the games you own in Oculus Game Store. And while not everything worked, uh, for example, Vader Immortal crashed on me, which bummed me out. But it's it's really new, so I'm hoping Revive updates and and makes that playable. I was able to play Robo Recall, for example, which just looked stunning hmm. stunning I mean that's a beautiful game anyway but in the index I could not believe how good it looked it's it was stunning I'm like this is this really is 2.0 man this really feels like a massive upgrade that is high praise I yeah I mean it's a very expensive product uh I would be the first to admit I'm Shouldn't have bought it, but, I did.
2: <laughs> but uh, see, you're, but you're, you're you're actually highlighting what my hesitation has been, and and I'm actually glad that you're saying this. I just didn't feel that the hardware was where it needed to be from a fidelity and a vision standpoint, and that's why I've held off. And it sounds yeah. like from what you're saying now, it's definitely getting closer to to where I would be satisfied. And you know, you fully admit it's going to require an investment to be able to even play it in its current state right now. So. Sure. It it may be better. And and now I'm I'm just speaking selfishly. Sure, I can probably go out get the hardware and do it, but from a mass appeal standpoint, there's pro- probably still a big barrier to entry as far as just being able to afford it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I
1: mean, I think that's where the quest lives, right? It's uh sub 400 bucks and it's all you need. You don't even need a computer. It's it's a standalone device. It's not going to look nearly as good as the Index. But it's certainly passable, and there's lots of really compelling products on it, lots of awesome games to play. Um, so I, I I still would push newcomers to VR or somebody that was curious about VR to give Quest a try because it, it is a great product that I think really sells the idea. And you understand what's so special about it from my perspective. But... Where we 're going now with this next generation of of headsets with index and there 's a couple of other ones that are kind of pushing the high end it is what I wanted. It is what I dreamed of where you you don 't have to excuse anything you don 't have to go well, yeah, but it doesn't look great It looks great for v r like games look great, and i'm so excited about uh, you know more games coming that and yes we're getting fewer of them now than at the initial launch of v r but Dude, I'm so excited for uh, No Man's Sky next week. Like, to play it in my Vive, or excuse me, play it in my Index, I'm, I I think it's going to look crazy. Um, oh, so I should talk about the controllers real quick. I still think the Oculus Touch is the best VR controller. Hmm. It's better. It really, really is. Um, the... I don't know if you remember, Christian, the Vive controllers have that grip button on the side,
0: uh-huh.
1: which I never liked. They have gotten rid of the grip button in these new knuckle controllers, but now the entire shaft of the thing you're holding is a button. So you grip by actually just squeezing the controller itself, which is a good idea in theory, but ultimately I, I kind of just prefer the Oculus Touch's grip a button. It's a, it's got like a, uh, your middle finger is a button. You know, your middle finger pushes in a button, which they use as the grip button. Um, and it's just better. It's just better to know when I'm pushing that button or when I'm not, instead of having to squeeze this thing. I don't know. It's, it's cool. The the knuckle controllers are cool because you slip your hand into a, um, what's the word I'm looking for Into a harness. into a So you can
0: like let go of the whole controller without dropping it and like, not like a wrist strap or whatever.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's a strap for, it goes over the back of your hand. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So you, yeah, you can like completely open your hand and let go of it and it stays attached to you. um, Which is, which is cool and slick. And and now it has sticks on it instead of the very terrible Vive, like thumb sensor pad Mm -hmm. thing. Uh, So that's another thing that's great about revive is that it it really has a one-to-one relationship with the Oculus touch. So revive is able to, you know, port these games over from Oculus to these controllers, much smoother. You don't have to, you know, map the buttons. It just, it just works because it has sticks and it works like the touch controllers. I just prefer the touch controllers. I think they're better overall. They just Hmm. are better in my opinion, but I'm sure I'll be talking a lot more about this because uh, I'll be playing lots of No Man's Sky on it. I'm so excited. Uh, But yeah, they're expensive. But this is, right now, from what I've played, this really is the cream of the crop for VR experiences. It is a dramatic improvement in visual fidelity. Oh, and the audio is crazy too. I didn't even remember this as I was opening it up. It's got full earphones but they sit out from your head. So they don't touch you at all. You know how the Oculus quest doesn't have earphones at all, but Mm -hmm. there's audio coming out. This actually does have earphones that drop down, but they sit like two inches away from your ears. So they're directional and positional. uh, And they still give you that, that positional audio, but they don't touch you. So you don't feel them on you, which I love.
0: You can still probably hear some outside like you don't, you could hear someone open the door if you didn't have your volume cranked up, which I think is
1: Yeah, nice. but it's less, It's le- you know how if you're playing Quest, everyone can hear it? Yeah. It's less that because now it has a, a bit of shielding there. Mm. So it's cool. I dig it, man. You got to come over and try it. Yeah. You really do. It's uh, it's quite something. And there's only one cord now. It's a lot lighter of a cord. So you're still tethered. You still need the external sensors, which is a bit of a bummer. But it it's a much easier experience overall. All right. I talked about that a lot. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm very excited. It, it was very expensive. <laughs> it was my birthday and I treated myself. Uh, don't tell my wife. All right. Um, <laughs> that's going to do it for this. Oh no, no, it's not true. I did get a listener who sent in a review of a VR game. So I wanted to talk about that here in the VR segment. Uh, this comes from No Man, who sent this to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Uh, he says, uh, Hello, Jeff Christian, an honored guest. Been a listener for many years now and wanted to try my hand at a quick review for you guys. I've been playing a game called Final Assault in VR. This game is made by Phaser Lock Interactive, makers of Twisted Arrow and Final Approach. It combines the fast-paced RTS action of something like Command and Conquer with the tower defense lane battling of a MOBA to make for an incredibly deep and rich gameplay loop. It's set in World War II, so you pick between several divisions for both the Allies and the Axis. Each division is specialized with a certain type of unit, like tank warfare or aerial superiority. You then square off across a series of extremely well-designed and great-looking maps, either versus a computer opponent in the campaign or in the online multiplayer. Players use auto-generated money to craft units and then direct them around the map to take control of key choke points and resource collection areas. Micromanaging is a must, as the units have strengths and weaknesses that have to be constantly accounted for in any given battle. This makes for every fight as a test of wits and willpower unlike any I've experienced in VR. For folks who are really serious about the game, there's even a newly established community-run league that you can join and compete in. It's called the VRML where your game can be broadcast and commented on by professional casters. The developers are active on Discord and are constantly working on adding to and improving the game and are clearly very passionate about the game they make. I highly recommend checking this one out if you have the time. As always, thank you for everything you guys do for the gaming world and making the world a better place. Sincerely, Noman. Uh, Again, that game is called Final... uh, No, excuse me. Again, that game is called Final Assault. And it is uh, in VR. He doesn't say which VR headset he used to play it, but uh, I don't know which one it's available for, to be honest with you. Probably Steam. Thank you. If you'd like to have a a review on our show, you can send it to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. But that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up, so stick around for that. But Paris Lily, thank you so much for being here, sir.
2: Oh, again, thank you. This this has been quite the honor to be on DLC. This is a lot of fun, and uh, you tried to convince me about VR, but you still got more work to do. I'm just going to flip it. Well, uh, someday I'll
1: have to just be in the same place at the same time with my uh, Oculus Quest, and maybe I can seeing is believing.
2: That's Absolutely. What no, but but again, seriously, thank thank you for having me on. This this is awesome. I, I'm I'm really glad that you invited me and got a chance to chat.
1: Uh, That is absolutely our pleasure. Uh, Tell the folks listening where they can keep up with you and the things you make online.
2: Sure. So do a podcast called Gamertag Radio Um, that can be found on your your favorite, what is it, Apple Podcasts now, Google Play. I like to joke and say it's on the ColecoVision, but basically Spotify, we're everywhere. But uh, basically, RSS feed. You can find us over at GamertagRadio.com. You can find us over at Audioboom um, if, if you want to subscribe. Um, we're also on Twitch. Uh, we, we stream the podcast live every Sunday at uh, 9 a.m. Eastern. And that is twitch.tv forward slash gamertag radio. And you can go there to see our schedule when we're playing other games and and those type of things. I also have to shamelessly plug my YouTube channel because I just started doing it and uh, I'm slowly but surely trying to grow content over there. So that is youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Marcello, M-A-R-C-E-L-L-O-696. That is my personal YouTube channel. And if you'd like to see the ramblings of an angry old man, you can find me on Twitter at Vicious696. Very, very cool. Christian
1: Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week?
2: Oh, believe it or not, from me
0: and my family, it's back to school this week. Everybody, you can follow me to No, uh, it is back to school week. That's uh, Dude, this is how I know I'm both old but also not as old as I feel sometimes that makes sense where it's like – I didn't notice that Target had all the back-to-school stuff up because I'm old enough to not care and like not have that ruin my summer. Um, but I'm still young at heart that when I did realize it was back-to-school this week, I got bummed. Not because I'm old and my little kids are growing up, but I was like, oh, back-to-school. <laughs> uh. Anyway, that's for me. Uh. Update. Joke, joke worked. <laughs> the joke worked. I uh, ran it out uh oh, nice. was last week it it doesn't have a hard end yet but just the idea of um celebrating irresponsibility um was the premise and it, it's uh working well uh yeah it's a hard end you just uh walk off stage right i like just to end my stage. jokes the way uh, like 70s rock songs ended just with the fade out
1: yeah. yeah you just leave the guitar on the stage <laughs> playing that last note and you walk off
0: yeah that's so look for that eh.
1: <laughs> that was you walking off stage. <laughs> this back.
0: show I stream on Twitch, Twitch.tv/slash Christian Spicer. Typically Sundays at seven fifteen PM Pacific. And next week, can I? Do you want to say it? Can I say it? Well,
1: next week is our three hundredth episode of DLC. Yeah, and we have a, a pretty special guest uh, who has agreed to join us. Yeah. Should we say who, or should we leave it as a surprise? I mean, you've been
0: talking to them, so you know. I'm down. Schedules can change, but I think we're schedules can change. I think we're we're committed, right? We're bringing it back. If
1: uh, if if you have been listening to us since the beginning and you know about the origins of DLC, I think this will be a pretty pretty special guest for you. As uh, a special guest for us, yeah, a guy we haven't talked to in far too long.
0: Yeah, very excited. So that's next week. It'll be episode 300. Uh, looking forward to it, Jeff. What about you?
1: Well, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. And I do a movie review podcast called the Slash Filmcast, which you can find at filmcast.com. We're actually taking this week off, but last week we had a very fun review of uh, Hobbs and Shaw. If you want to listen to that, uh, but we are taking a week off, and we'll be back uh, talking about the boys uh, next week. Also, I'm a dungeon master in a show that I'm extremely proud of called The Dungeon Run. Uh, it's a live-play Dungeons & Dragons show. It's basically storytelling. It's uh, If you've only heard me talk about other people's stuff, this is me making something uh, that I thought up. Uh, it is a story that I'm weaving with the help of five extremely talented actors who are acting out the... Uh, the adventurers and a, also a team of extraordinary production people making models and cool maps for us. And we're improvising it and building it and playing it in real time. It's extraordinary. And I'm so proud of it. Um, real ups and downs, great drama, laughs, tears. It, it's, it's something special. So I urge you to give it a shot. You can listen to it as a podcast. You can find it uh, wherever you get podcasts. It's called the dungeon run podcast, or, or, You can watch it on YouTube by searching for The Dungeon Run or you can tune in live as we record it on Caffeine Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. Pacific time at caffeine.tv slash The Dungeon Run. All right, let's get this show wrapped up now with our parting gifts.
2: Hey, give us a suggestion. Paris, do you have a
1: suggestion to help people get through their week?
2: My suggestion is with everything that's been going on in just the past few weeks across this great nation of ours and the world, just be kind to each other. I mean, it's it's really that simple. Um, I think it's very easy to be kind and you really have to go out of your way to uh, be angry at people and say unpleasant things. So just just be kind to each other. That's really it.
1: Bravo. Uh, Second to that one. Um, Yeah. uh, I I urge people to just try it. Just try it. It it actually makes you feel good too. Uh, My dad used to say, uh, or not used to, he still says (laughs) uh, that, you know, if you, if you, if you smile, if you force yourself to smile, you end up actually wanting to smile if you if you're feeling bad and you just just force your face into a smile you'll actually feel better uh it's kind of amazing it has worked for me in the past as well so do that to other people as well uh christian spicer do you have a parting gift well, I feel
0: foolish now. I was going to recommend find a nemesis. Um, uh, <laughs> it also helps. Feels like not the right time. No. Channel
1: all your anger into one person.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: Preferably do a podcast with that, with person.
0: that person every week and mention they are a nemesis at the beginning. Um, no, I, yes, Paris' is, is the best. Um, mine is in these dog days of summer. Watch the thing that you've, you haven't watched, that you keep saying you're going to watch. Like, whatever, read the thing. Whatever that is. For me, it's always shows. I'd be like, oh, yeah, Marvelous Miss Mazel, I should watch that. hmm And I've been saying that for three seasons now. Watch it. Just, just start it. See, see if you like it. Or either that. This is
1: just you talking to you right now? I'm ta- you're just talking to yourself? I'm
0: talking to everybody. I'm talking to yeah. you last week when you hadn't started The Boys. I'm talking to my friend Ben, who hasn't started any Stranger Things, but talks about how he loves the idea of it!
1: Watch it! Start it. Yeah. What else are you doing? Well, <laughs> You're not doing anything else.
0: Yes. Exactly. I'm busy. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for agreeing. Give it a shot. Do the thing. Or the or the other side of that coin is just admit you're not. Right. That's fine too. But just just f- find that thing. Go to your backlog of life and do that thing that you've been meaning to get to. Give it a shot. It's the end of summer. What do you got, What do you got to do? You know, go to Target, buy school supplies. Boo. Watch that that show.
1: Awesome. Uh, We did get a listener-suggested parting gift. This was sent to us uh, at dlcfeedback at gmail.com from Leonard, who says, uh, with the biggest Dota 2 tournament, the international on the horizon, Red Bull released a 90-minute-long documentary against the odds. It's about OG, last year's winners, and pictures their story, starting in the early days of the Dota 2 esports. It's the biggest Cinderella story in the history of Dota and maybe of all esports. and this documentary shows you the whole story of this team. It's a story about friendship, disappointment, betrayal, and in the end, about the win of the absolute underdogs. If you're worried that you do not understand what's going on because you don't play Dota, don't worry. It is not at all focused on the game, but rather the story behind it, and it's directly addressed to a new audience not familiar with the game. With many negative stories in the world about video games, it's truly heartwarming. Cool, uh, he says. Uh, you two are doing a great job. Greetings from Cologne. Ah, thanks, Leonard. Appreciate that. Um, so that is again. It's called. Uh, it's called Against the Odds, uh, and it is available. I think on YouTube. Isn't that right? Is that correct? He doesn't say specifically. I believe so. Yeah, I think yeah. it is. Yeah. All right. Uh, my parting gift is more directed, uh, to the parents out there. Uh, and I know that we have uh, quite a few, all three of us are parents. Uh, but if you've got younger kids, I am always searching for good children's books that don't make me want to pluck my eyes out with tweezers. Um, because as you know, if, if your kid, if you read a book to your kid, you're going to read it 40,000 times And there's really – for me, I've found there's Dr. Seuss and everything else. There really – I have – there's so few books that aren't Dr. Seuss that I'm willing to enjoy reading over and over and over again. But I have found some new ones, and these are new to me. I don't know uh, if you guys are aware of them, but I would – I thought I'd bring them up because they're excellent. Uh, They are uh, books by Andrea Beatty and David Roberts. Uh, There's three of them. Uh, The only two that I've – that I have are Rosie Revere Engineer an Ada Twist Scientist. Uh, these are stories about little kids in Mrs. Greer's second grade class. And I guess they're going to continue this series and make, you know, all the little kids that are in the class, but they, they're rhyming and both of these stories have made me cry in reading them to my kid because they're so beautiful. Uh, Rosie Revere engineer is about the uh, descendant of, you know, Rosie, the Riveter who wants to be an engineer, but uh, the things she makes fail. And the lesson she learns is that that's part of the creative process. Uh, her great, her, uh, great aunt, Rosie the Riveter tells her, oh, it's awesome that you failed because now you got that out of the way. And that's the first step to making something, which is like such a beautiful sentiment. And then Ada Twist Scientist is about a girl who asks, who doesn't talk until she's three. And then once she starts talking, all she does is ask questions which is what scientists do. And it's all about her parents coming to terms with the fact they have a little scientist on their hands who wants to experiment and ask questions. They're both beautiful, beautiful. And they're beautifully written, wonderful rhymes, fun to say to your kids, and great, great art. So check those out. Rosie Revere, Engineer and Ada Twist Scientist by Andrea Beatty and David Roberts, if you have kids. Are you aware of these, Christian? Yes, sir. I thought you might be. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Paris Lilly and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Uh, Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for making those cool bumpers. Uh, Thanks to all the folks in our live chat room, listening in real time, making the show better as you listen. We appreciate that. And thank you to all of you who download the show, interact with us, spread the word. We're grateful. Thank you for being here with us. Uh, We will be back next week. Until then...